What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you and your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming the particular saints that God desires for you and me and for all of us to become. Here's the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, catechesis, apologetics, the list goes on. I would then spend time with your questions. I would pray with them study and um and hopefully get back to you in a way that is good for you to become a saint however my disclaimer is this and has always been this i'm not perfect therefore the advice i share with you might not actually be good for you if that's the case i want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that i say that does not help you to grow in holiness in your relationship with jesus christ however if my advice is helpful though difficult then i want to encourage you to lean into our lord and savior jesus christ so that god can give you the graces you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship if you're a first-time listener, you can hit up with your own questions at www.ascensionpress slash askfatherjosh. That's ask, A-S-K, Father, F-A-T-H-E-R, Josh, J-O-S-H. You can send me your questions, your comments, your critiques there, um, as well as your own glory stories and follow-ups from episodes like today's show. On today's show, we will be discussing three topics. What is the Catholic take on Halloween? Halloween's happening this week. So what is the Catholic take on that? What about becoming a priest later in life? And how can we use social media in a holy way? But before we get into those topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story is this. Uh, I was able to spend, man, y'all, just like the life of a priest can get really busy. I'm not going to lie, y'all. Man, it's just been so much back to back to back. And I know people don't believe me when I tell them, but I'm an introvert. And so even though I'm an extrovert when it comes to ministry, I appear to be an extrovert. In reality, I am an introvert. I love to be alone. I love to be with the Lord. I get energized by being just away with the Lord. And so long story short, I was able to get a good solid two hours, uninterrupted two hours before the Blessed Sacrament recently with the sacred scriptures. And it's just amazing how adoration really does lead uh, lead to imitation. Um, imitation really does follow adoration. Uh, whenever I was rooted in the Eucharist and in the scriptures, there's a number of things that are happening in parish life. A number of things go on that are out of my control. And I could be tempted to respond to the different situations with the ways of the world and not with the mind of Christ. And just by being in the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and reading his word, he spoke so clearly to me in the sacred scriptures and convicted me and transformed me to the point where after two hours of being with him in the chapel, I left a new man. I left transformed by his grace. I left with his mind. I left with his personality a lot more than before I went in there. And uh, it was just such a gift to be able to enter back into the world with the mind and the heart and the eyes and the ears and the voice of Christ Jesus. And so my glory story is that I had time away with my best friend, Jesus, and it was like good uninterrupted time. And so it was such a gift. Now, before we get into our topics, I got some feedback from Steph. Steph writes this, hey, Father Josh, my name is Steph. And I met you at the Restore the Beauty Women's Conference in Vancouver back in April of 2019. I was pregnant with my second baby at the time, and I felt a bit lost in my faith journey. I asked you to write a message in the book to me and my husband. He is also a devout Catholic, but we had always found praying together difficult and a bit awkward, to be honest. Prayer was not a big part of our relationship. 
you wrote, Be Saints. And it has since changed our relationship. We have been listening to your podcast and finding it so inspiring on how to live out our faith in this modern world uh, while still being relevant. Oh, that's awesome. We have now started to pray the rosary daily. What? That's awesome. Thank you for all that you do and hope you could visit Canada soon. Yes, yeah, Steph, I, I loved my time up there with uh, with Heather and Michelle and Sister Miriam and all of you uh, beautiful people who were at the Restore the Beauty Women's Conference. It was such a gift for my little priestly heart. Now, let's get into today's show. First question comes in from Anonymous. It's about the Catholic take on Halloween. Uh, after 25 years as a baptized Catholic, I just recently learned that Halloween or All Hallows Eve is of Catholic root. I'm trying to learn how to reclaim Halloween as something good and contemplate the lives of the saints. As October 31st quickly approaches, how can I celebrate the holiday as an individual and as a family. Yeah, I think that's um, a, a great insight to come to is that, yeah, the word Halloween does come from the Catholic feast, All Hallows Eve, referring to the solemnity of all saints. Uh, and so uh, we obviously celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass on the Feast of All Saints, and then again on the Feast of All Souls, uh, to be reminded to ask the saints for their intercession in our walk toward eternity, to be inspired by their witness, to be motivated by their lives, um, and then also to pray for the souls of our of our ancestors, of our loved ones, of the people in our community, that they may become saints um, one day. And so um, how can you celebrate this as an individual um, and as a family? Well, first of all, by dressing up. I think it's a great thing to dress up, not only as a canonized saint. Um, you could dress up as St. Patrick or Mother Teresa or St. John Paul II or St. Martin de Porres or St. Josephine Baquita. Uh, there's so many different beautiful saints you could dress up as, but... You could also dress up as some of the holy souls who are also saints, but they're just not canonized saints. They're not recognized as saints, but they are in heaven. So those souls in heaven who were cops or lawyers or doctors or teachers or janitors, um, those holy men and women who have preceded us in our walk toward eternity, to dress up as them and to then pray for all people who were a janitor in this life or were in law enforcement or were teachers or doctors or nurses or lawyers or worked at fast food restaurants or whatever it might be. Dress up as them as well and use the time to pray for them that if they are not yet a saint, that they make it through purgatory to become a saint um, one day. I would also encourage you to look up the lives of those saints that you might dress up as or that your kids might dress up as so that you can read their stories and have some family time around the dinner table before you go out trick-or-treating to talk about the, their witness and how they might inspire you to persevere in your walk toward eternity. You can also dress up as a skeleton, right, to remember that um, we are all going to um, be bones <laughs> again and and that our bones will, our dead bones will rise again, right? So uh, whenever we dress up as a ghost or as a skeleton, we are recalling the fact that at our death, our soul is separated from our body. And so we, were, we will not be one again until the, the resurrection of the dead, the resurrection of the body, the second coming of Christ. And so you can even use that as a catechesis on on the the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so there are a number of things that you can do to celebrate uh, Halloween, All Hallows Eve, but make sure most importantly that you go to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass and that you worship God on All Saints Day, 
Then also on All Souls Day as well. All Souls Day is whenever you traditionally bless the graves in the cemetery. Some people also do it on All Saints Day. And on All Souls Day, the priests can celebrate three masses as well. And so you can catch your early morning mass, a midday mass, uh, and, a, and a nighttime mass. And so, yeah, I definitely think that uh, celebrating the lives of our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ who have preceded us in our walk toward heaven could be a great witness, not only for your family, but also for your wider community who, who recognize why you're dressing up as the persons that you are dressing up as. So hopefully uh, that was a bit helpful. All right, next question comes in also from Anonymous. It's about becoming a priest later in life. Hey, Father Josh, I'm a longtime listener to your beautiful podcast. I'm a 44-year-old doctor in the southern United States. Well, look, uh, I live in Louisiana, so that's the southern part of the United States. Uh, so if you're in Louisiana uh, and you want to give me a shot every now and then, or you know, if I ever get sick, if I can call you up, that'd be great. I'm in the profession the profession, this profession as a doctor, um, not because it's my passion, but because it's kind of a family tradition, especially in my culture. My family is Anglo-Indian. I'm a cradle Catholic who wandered away from my faith for almost 20 years. And I have the most amazing reversion story, basically because I lost a bet to a friend from Catholic school. I had to go to confession for the first time in over 20 years. And for the first time, I felt the Holy Spirit in me, consoling me and welcoming me back home. Oh, praise God. Isn't that cool how the Lord can use that? Um, ever since that moment, I've had the amazing testimonies of the Holy Spirit working in my life. Those are stories for another day. However, I'm writing to you to now ask you about the priesthood. When I was a child, I often thought that I would become a priest. Obviously, it did not work out that way. Now I'm much older and was wondering if there are priests who became ordained at my age. I'm not passionate about medicine, although I'm paid very well. I've been on fire with my faith for several years now since I came back to the church. Although I've had my stumbles since, I've been back with my battles with addiction to pornography and pot. I would never leave my faith again, though. Is it possible for someone with my background to study to become a Catholic priest? Would I have to give up my two dogs and my cat to enter the seminary? Thank you so much for all the good work you do to spread the gospel. God bless Anonymous. Yeah, so first of all, praise God for your story. Praise God. Praise God for that, that bet that you lost that brought you back to the sacraments. Grace is, is real, and God's grace is sufficient. As far as your age, your age is not a barrier necessarily so, right? Um, I know guys who are being accepted in the seminary at 50 years old, 55 years old, at 60 years old. So it all depends on your particular diocese and your bishop of that diocese and what his plans are and what his vision is for his diocese. So everyone is a case-by-case -case circumstance. So you can enter the seminary at 17, potentially, um, or you can enter it as late as in your 60s, maybe even 70s, depending on the diocese. And so age might not be a factor. Um, as far as the two dogs and a cat, you probably would have to let a friend watch them um, or give them up, right, uh, to leave everything to follow God. Drop your net as the apostles did in the early church. They left everything for the call of God. And and if the call is discerned that it is not for you while in seminary, then you can go back and pick up a new dog and a new cat. As far as the addictions go, if you have an active addiction right now to pornography, to um, mar marijuana, the pot, um, then you have right now would not be the season for you to enter into seminary formation. Seminary formation is not the place that we go to deal with our stuff, to deal with our addictions. We deal with that before seminary. So I would encourage you now in this season of your life to not only have a regular confessor, to not only have a spiritual director, but to also have a regular therapist, a counselor, and to be a part of support groups, support groups like NA and um, uh, SA, um, because those things can help you. And if you are at a place where 
the addiction is no longer there, then that would be the time to then present yourself before your vocation director. Remember, uh, priesthood is marriage to the church. And if you were to enter into the sacrament of matrimony with a woman, you have to have the four marks of Jesus Christ to enter into that sacrament, free, total, faithful, fruitful. Jesus Christ freely gave his life to the church on the cross. Nobody made him. No one forced him. Uh, it was a free choice. He gave everything. He was faithful in good times and bad, and the fruit was the church. So the same thing is with us. Um, we cannot enter into marriage or holy orders if we're not free. If you have an addiction, you are not free. And so if you have an active addiction right now that is not in remission or that's not, you know, been um, sober for a while, then now is not the time to discern uh, that particular state of life vocation. Because even if you present yourself before the altar, if you're addicted to uh, pornography and you're trying to get married, um, then you're not free to make a decision to get married. Um, so it's one thing to every now and then have a struggle to fall into to masturbation and pornography. It's another thing to, to have a, an addiction to it. Um, and then as far as drugs go, you need to be free of drugs for also a number of years before you can um, apply to seminary formation. So I will pray for you. I will pray for you that you find freedom that you find freedom and that you trust that God is calling you to be a saint, whether that is, a, is as a priest or as a religious brother or as a single man who is a doctor like St. Giuseppe Muscati, who is a canonized saint, who is a single man, who is a doctor, um, or as a married husband and father. So I promise you I'll be praying for you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into our final question. Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Frat has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary, a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the rosary, how to pray the rosary like the saints, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life and improve the way you pray what St. Padre Pio called the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Frad. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. All right, last question comes in about using social media in a saintly way. Can we use some of that right now? Can you say a lot of it to people in the back? Because, man, y'all people on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram, man, look, trust this. Talk about being saints. Like, whenever your cause for canonization is up um, and people are reviewing it, uh, if like they go through all your writings, your journals, your diaries, and nowadays everything you post on social media. So if you drop on the F bomb and the B word and the N word on social media, I guarantee you uh, it's going to be a reason for us to doubt um, and to have concern. Is that person really abiding with Jesus Christ in heaven? Because they certainly were not always abiding with Jesus Christ on earth in their thoughts and their words and in their thumbs. So my brothers and sisters, please, let's have a custody of thumbs for the for um for the salvation of souls. All right, so Stephanie writes this, Father Josh, uh, I was wondering if you think Jesus would have used social media. I see so many posts celebrating secular ideas and don't know if I'm called to respond or ignore them. Thank you. So first of all, Jesus is using secular media because, you know, that, that corny bracelet, WWJD, what would Jesus do? 
That's ridiculous. It should be W-I-J-D. What is Jesus doing, Stephanie? Because you are the body of Jesus Christ. St. Teresa of Avila says it. He has no hands but yours. So when you type on social media, that's the hands of Jesus. He has no voice but yours. So when you speak, that's the voice of Jesus. He has no eyes but yours, no ears but yours, no hands, no feet, no body but yours. You and I are the body of Christ. Whenever we're baptized, we become a dwelling place of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So when God the Father looks at us, God the Father sees Jesus Christ, the body of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ saw Saul and the Acts of the Apostles persecuting Christians, he said, why are you persecuting me? He identified himself with his people. And so, Stephanie, he identifies himself with you and I. So, yes, Jesus Christ is using social media in and through us today. So, it's really important that when we use social media, that before we engage in that activity, that we spend time with the Lord in prayer to abide in his grace, to think with his mind, to read with his eyes, and then to respond with his thumbs. So yeah, there are some secular things on social media that are good and that are true and that are beautiful. And these ought to be affirmed and shared and praised because that is good. But whenever we see things that are sketchy and that are not good, we first and foremost must pray for those people who posted them and we must fast for them. We must offer up sacrifice. Then we ought to fraternally correct them in the way of the gospel, which is by sending them a direct message and encourage them to take down their post or to change it or to edit it. And then if they still don't do that, then to reach out to them again, if they still won't change, then you could technically publicly correct them because of their words could lead people astray. So um, yeah, I think that we need to be really, really serious and careful about social media because we're either going to be a bridge for people to come to Jesus in the sacraments or a barrier for people to come to Jesus Christ in the sacraments. So I propose that we use our social media to evangelize, to catechize, to share the witness of our faith, of our prayer life, of our relationship with Jesus, to invite people to RCIA and invite people to Bible studies and invite people to hear the good news of the Lord um, and to avoid using social media to tear people down and to gossip and to to do things that just aren't good for the body of Christ. And we all know there are a lot of Catholic members of the body of Christ right now who are making a living off of just tearing people down. You know who you are, right? You, Some of you have very popular uh, feeds and you're not glorifying God by your tweets. So uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, we need to be saints on social media because Jesus Christ wants to be there because he wants to be where his people are at. And if his people are online, God wants to be online too. So let's go ahead and pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you, we love you, we adore you. I said you send forth your spirit upon each one of us. Give us your personality, Jesus. Give us your personality. Give us your mind. Give us your heart. Give us your eyes. Give us your ears. Give us your voice. Give us your body, Lord Jesus Christ, that we can go out in the world and share you, and share you and only you, Lord. You are what the world is looking for. You are who people long for. You are who people ache for. So Lord, allow us to be conduits of your grace and your love and your mercy for all of your people who you have placed us in community with in our walk toward eternity. We ask this prayer, Heavenly Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Forever, forever, ever, forever, ever, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ah, Lord, give us the grace to be saints. Amen.